Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers and hope you're enjoying your weekend. We are sort of right in the middle of the Kentucky primary right now as this program airs Sunday. Some have already voted early. Others will be heading to the polls on Tuesday and there are races up and down the ballot. Later we'll show you some of last week's Lexington mayoral debate that was lively among candidates Linda Gorton, David Kloiber and Adrian Wallace. That's coming up in a bit but first the Democratic primary will decide who the Fayette County attorney will be this year and for the next four years. There are some interesting issues that have been debated in that race. Incumbent County Attorney Larry Roberts will join us later, but joining us now, his challenger, Angela Evans, a former public defender and former member of the Lexington Fayette Urban County Council. And uh, we welcome you. Appreciate you coming in today. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Why did you decide to uh, run for county attorney and take on someone who's been there a long time? Yeah, well, criminal justice reform has been a real passionate issue for me just throughout my career. As you said, I started as a public defender and just saw how all the societal ills kind of came together in the in the courthouse. And, you know, it was a situation where I'd really decided to lean into that. You know, I had taken some, like you said, time away from, from counsel and this was an opportunity to really put into action what I had learned at Princeton and really be involved in creating new policies uh, for an entire court system, not just the criminal side, but also uh, for the entire judicial system. It can be a, a revolving door uh, at the courthouse, uh, the, the same people in and out. Uh, the crime problems in Lexington are well known. Is there anything proactive that the county attorney can do to prevent crime that's not effectively being done now? Well, yeah, there, there are a lot of things that can be done. Um, you know, we do have, there, there's a, what I call it, an umbrella of diversion programs. And what I would like to do um, is to really look at the, the community service part of that diversion, because that's the opportunity where people don't have a criminal record at all. And that's how they, they write or you know, uh, rectify whatever wrong that they've done. And to see if there are more charges, um, more people that, that should fit into that category as opposed to putting them through something that um, completely disrupts their lives. Um, simply you know, based on you know, some mistakes that <laughs> we've all been <laughs> uh, particularly been able to you know, have done. So, um, so expanding that and looking into that and seeing if we're being really uh, equitable in, in that area. Do we over-incarcerate? in Kentucky and in this locality? Well, I think studies have shown that we over-incarcerate. You know, Kentucky is one of the highest uh, incarcerated states uh, in the country. And Fayette County, uh, just a few years ago, an article was done that, you know, even with the, the reforms that we've had throughout Kentucky, Fayette County still uh, incarcerates uh, individuals at a higher rate than most counties in the state. And again, looking at the jail, you know, I did have that, that issue uh, on council. That was one of the first issues that, that I was dealing with and decided to work on was the, the, the correctional office shortage. But then when you, you can't look at a shortage without looking at the population. And when you have so many people uh, incarcerated, it does take a toll on your, your correctional officers, and that is part of the problem. How do you, do you get at the, at the drug problem? Uh, you know, and, and fentanyl is uh, now becoming a more and more a, a part of the scene out there, and it's, it's, it's very destructive. Yeah, well, 
that that's a community um, yeah. partnership that that's required, and and I think for me, as the county attorney, I think part of my role is to advocate for more social services within the community because we we've, we've seen, you know, a lot of public defenders or social workers would you know have been kind of screaming for years that, you know, drug issue is a problem and it's it's a substance abuse is an issue and it's a mental health issue. But now, you know, society's kind of caught up and, and I would certainly advocate uh, with other social service providers that more services need to be within the community and we need to get that, work on that problem before they find themselves in court and you know find different ways to to help them you know wrap services around them before they they find themselves in you know facing criminal charges some localities have decriminalized marijuana uh, and that that's largely been done in Louisville and it came up in the Lexington mayor's race and there did not seem to be strong opposition although uh, from any of the candidates although uh, they readily said it's not up to the mayor. Apparently mm -hmm. it's up to the county attorney. <laughs> uh, so where do you stand on that issue? Yeah, we have essentially already decriminalized marijuana, possession of marijuana. There, my five years of being a public defender, if anyone had a marijuana charge, possession charge, it was dismissed or there was a fine with it. And if, as soon as they paid the fine, they could take that, get that taken off of their record. So we have essentially already decriminalized it and yes taking that a step further to not even bring people in because when you're assessing a fine and this goes to the transparency part of my my um, campaign is that where's that fine going because we're not talking about the court fees that are assessed in addition to a fine what what is that fine then uh, where does that revenue go what is that supporting so if essentially we're we're getting, we're criminalizing something that we really don't criminalize, but we want your money. And that's kind of the message that it sends. So uh, I would certainly review that and um, it, let's look at it in the reality that it is, because if it's dismissed, that means we don't think it's that important. And if it's a fine, I, I don't want to find people for the sake of just keeping a county attorney program viable, because well, that seems to be what going on. Let's talk about some of the, the programs. And uh, you're challenging uh, Larry Roberts, who uh, first won in 2006 and was Commonwealth's attorney many years before <laughs> that. And he was a defense attorney, as you have oh. been. He points to uh, saying he has been innovative with uh, specialty courts, child support, drug addictions. Uh, he's had an effort to disrupt gang activity uh, by going into schools. Would you continue some of his efforts? Well, I think a lot of the efforts were actually started from judges or the General Assembly. We have drug court because judges and the General Assembly created drug court. Um, we, we certainly have, uh, you know, the non-support uh, program that is in place, absolutely, and I would want to take it even further because that that is a part of, you know, people also need community too. It's not just getting someone a job, it's getting them a job that can pay well and then, um, you know, finding out what kind of different jobs I've talked to uh, labor unions uh, because they are truly a, a brotherhood and that's good work and it's it's work that they teach you you know whether you're a carpenter or pipe fitter and it creates uh, the 
the family, the connection that a lot of people are longing for. It's not just a job that will pay pay the bills. And I think that's what we're we're lacking. A lot of people are lacking as well. So yeah, I would take it a step further and reach out to more businesses and other organizations that are looking for for people to work. Mr. Roberts has received requests and in some cases demands to drop charges against those involved in protests in 2020 in Lexington. He says that uh, he has offered diversion in some cases uh, but has not dropped the charges. Uh, would you uh, decline to prosecute in those situations? Well I think prosecutors from across the country have taken that very stance and I at this point two years later I've had felony cases that didn't take this long to resolve. And for something that truly is a misdemeanor, for it to take two years, you either have a case or you don't. So you either go to trial or you don't. And if that is not what the county attorney's office is going to do, then the other option is to drop charges. Would you do that immediately upon taking off? Um, well, you know, I won't commit to anything, but I mean, certainly there's time to resolve it. And that is something I would certainly look at. Uh, and. I mean, my position, I would lean towards dismissing them because two years is just absolutely too long for, for any misdemeanor to take that long. Uh, the uh, child uh, effort, the, the collection of child payments uh, in, in the system is, uh, is an important uh, part of that office. And uh, do you believe that the, the child support collection efforts are, are sufficient or do you want to see a change there? Well, this goes to, to my transparency part in collecting data because we don't know. You know, he, uh, my opponent talks about collecting, I think, $4 million. Over 16 years, if you do the math, that's not a lot. And so they're not very impressive numbers. Uh, so I, I don't know, that's the information that I'd like to collect and look at it from that perspective. Because if we're, if we've got so many staff working on something that just simply is not effective or efficient, then we need to, you know, look at utilizing those resources in another way or finding a different way to do things because, again, the numbers, doing the math on his numbers, it's not impressive. About 30 seconds left. Uh, you've been knocking on a lot of doors. And you're, <laughs> <I have. laughs> uh, how has the reception been? What are you telling people that you, you would do as county attorney? Uh, yeah, it's been good. You know, I think people, you know, <laughs> we're opening, literally opening our doors up again to, to people and I think people are happy to to talk more. You know, I think 2018 was the last time I had a, a campaign you know, that I fully went through and, and people were a little, um, they, they were a little tired. So, but no, they've uh, overwhelming reception. You know, people know me before I get to the door. So that's always a good feeling or they remember me from council and we have engagement. And, uh, you know, I tell them that, you know, I do believe it's time for a change. And, you know, just because you know, you know, what you've had for 16 years doesn't mean you don't deserve something better. And I'm offering them something better. And when I talk to them about the transparency and those kind of issues that we've talked about here, they understand. They understand why I'm running and, and they, they're very receptive to that. Angela Evans, thanks for coming by. We appreciate it very much. You're in the Democratic primary and that will pretty much decide uh, this election, it appears. It could be a write-in, but it, in all likelihood, the Democratic nominee will be the next county attorney. And we'll be back in a moment with Larry Roberts, the incumbent and uh, the person who uh, Evans is challenging in this race. Back on Kentucky Newsmakers in a moment.
We welcome you back to Kentucky Newsmakers from WKYT. And as we cover the race for Fayette County Attorney, incumbent Larry Roberts was first elected to the job in 2006. Many years before that, he was Fayette Commonwealth's attorney. Roberts has also been a defense attorney. And Tuesday, he is running for another term in the Democratic primary. We just heard from his opponent, Angela Evans, and now Larry Roberts is joining us. And we welcome you. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it very Thank much. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Uh, why have you decided to seek another term as Fayette County Attorney? Well, I really like my, what I do. Um, I enjoy it. It's, uh, I was a defense lawyer for a long time, and before that I was a Commonwealth attorney for 14 years. And so I understand the whole system, and I really like what we've done in 15 years in this office. We've done some really good things, and I love working with the staff, and I don't want to leave. I could retire, but I don't want to. Is it easy to shift from defense to prosecution? No. No, I mean, I used to, I, I thought it would be when, when they, I was first asked to be a, a prosecutor, but no, it's a trial, and you put on proof, and you are passionate about what side you're on, and so no, it's not hard at all. The crime, uh, the crime problems in, in Lexington are well known, and in many cases, uh, they come to the county attorney's office first. Is there a, uh, anything proactive that the county attorney could do to prevent what we're seeing happening out there that uh, you know is not effectively being done now. In other words, well, plans for another term if you were to be reelected. Sure. In that regard. Well, I mean, there's a there's a thought. First of all, per, people don't people don't know what the county attorney does, I, I, and I know that general rule. But I'm a prosecutor, and I'm here to protect people, and so that means protecting lives or safety or their 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 property, and so. There are lots of things we can do to try to curb that, but the problem is when somebody breaks into your house and you have a burglary, well, that comes to me. Or if they break into your car and steal, whether it's minor stuff or lots of stuff, that comes to me, every single case, and we do about 55,000 cases a year here. So my job is to protect people and, pre and present, the cr present the cases, and I have to enforce the crimes. The, the charges that are brought. I don't make the laws. That's the legislature. I don't. I don't get a chance to do that. Now, the the issue here. I think my opponent says that basically, for repeat offenders, there should be something that we should be doing to try to help them. Well, I don't just. I don't agree with that necessarily. You talk about a repeat offender. Uh, we've got a major issue that's starting right now with theft being now up to $1,000 to be a felony. It used to be $100 when I started practicing, and then it went to 500 Well, the defendants, the people who break into cars and, and garages and houses know that if they take under $1,000, that it's a misdemeanor. We're going to get a, a ton of cases now because of that, and that's, that's dangerous for people. That, I want to make people safe. But how do you disrupt, though, uh, that revolving door in, in district court of, of, of some of the same people uh, coming in day after day or at least week after week and, and, and going before a judge and, and uh, getting some fine and moving on? Well, okay, we've got lots of different people who come in. Some are, some are non, the first time's there. Very, I mean, they may be the first time they've ever been charged with a theft or, or alcohol or, or drugs or whatever. That's different than a person who's a repeat offender. And so we treat everybody, we try to treat everybody the same, but if you've got a baggage on, the, on your record, then you're not going to get the same as the person who does it for the first time. So we look at every single case, and if the person is a repeat offender, then we will, we will make a, an offer of more time or a longer probation for that individual. But if the first, the first offender comes in, he automatically gets probation or diversion, and that's what we do. So 
but we're trying to work with people to keep them from committing more crimes, not encouraging it. And so if a person's placed on probation in our court system, he's monitored or she's monitored for a period of time by a judge, and they don't commit crimes, or then they'll get punished. So that's a preventative thing. They don't go to prison or jail on every case, not at all. And so we work hard on that, and every single case is, is different, but we absolutely apply everybody fairly. I don't care what it is. We look at it fairly, and, and, and across the board, it's the same. In getting at root causes, is there more the county attorney can do? You have a program, I know, where you have gone into schools, uh, for yeah. instance, to try to disrupt gang activity. We intent, uh, Intently, we do that. Well, yeah, we, we started, I mean, we do, before COVID, we did a lot of things in, in the elementary schools, particularly, let's say, Booker T. Washington. We have reading classes. Volunteers come with our office, go to Booker T. Washington, work with first and second graders on reading because we want to make a difference with a child's life and of course law enforcement becomes very positive with young people and we want them to be not afraid of police and then we go to middle schools and we have all types of things where we not just gangs that's a major problem but we've got we, we have intern programs in, in junior high and high school where they come to my office and they shadow our, our attorneys and learn what we do I want them to see it there's no there's no hidden thing that we do we want to be totally open to them and we've done that for years some Kentucky localities have effectively decriminalized marijuana. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what is your stance on the possession of small amounts of marijuana, how that should be treated? Some say that is their first contact with the system, and then some, unfortunately, after that fall into uh, sure. a repetitive pattern. Right. Well, I know that marijuana is being legalized around the, around the country. I don't disagree with it. Uh, I, I, it's a minor offense, and if somebody comes to me, and this is this is back since I was before when I came in as the county attorney. Before I came in, Margaret Cannonson would allow a person to go through diversion if they had, uh, if they smoked, if they were smoking a joint, but she also would charge them with having a paraphernalia. Now, paraphernalia back then, 15 years ago, was an enhanceable offense. Well, I, as a defense lawyer, thought that was silly. And so I came in, and when we've got a marijuana case, nobody goes to jail on that, N nobody. They get probated or go through diversion, and in probation we try to get them to stop the marijuana. Now they may not, it's a habit. And if somebody smokes marijuana once, a, once every day or something, it's not a problem. I know that's not a problem. What I think is the problem is if we legalize it, then it's gonna be easier for children to get it. And that's a problem, because kids smoke marijuana and they don't, function well in school. They don't want to get up for school, many of them. And when they go to school, they, they feel the effects of that. And it's not, a motivational, it's not a motivational drug at all. And so that hurts the younger people. And so I'm against that. I don't think it should be. And it's not gonna, it'll never be legalized for children, but it'd make it easier for them to get it. And I, I disagree with that. Your opponent in this uh, Democratic primary, Angela Evans, says that the Office of County Attorney should be more transparent and uh, that uh, that would give the public more buy-in. You've acknowledged here that people don't understand what the office does. Uh, does she have a good point? Only from the standpoint that, and she's not talking about this, but I, I am not very good at telling the public by media like Instagram and, and Facebook everything we do. I wish I'd done that before because I, we've got a great program. and. 
So she's talking about we should keep names of people and whether they are black or white and they go through our diversion program. Well, I disagree with her on that. And our court systems can keep that, but I do it fairly with everybody. I, I, nobody gets culled from a program in my office because of their race or religion or their gender. Nobody. And so we treat everybody fairly. And I, we've never had a complaint by one single person, being a defense lawyer or a citizen or a defendant, to say we're not treating them fairly. Now, they may not like what they get as a penalty, but when you look at their record or the reason why, then they might have an argument, but okay, you, you're not eligible for this. So we have nothing, we are totally transparent. I mean, people come in and go through our, our office constantly as shadows, kids learning, adults have been through and, and gone with us. We've had council members that go through our office and watch what we do. So I'm, I'm really proud of the transparency. One of the issues in this campaign, and it's interesting that there are some issues in a, a county attorney's race, but you have been requested or even pressured uh, to drop charges against those who took part in protests in Lexington in yes. 2020 in the aftermath of the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. In many places across the country, that has been done. In most cases, at least those cases have been adjudicated and settled and, and, and folks have moved on. Why are those cases still pending in Fayette County? Well, we've had COVID to start off with. That's a major problem. That stopped the court system. Nothing happened in 2002, three, or 2020 and 21. I mean, we were stagnant. So, I mean, I would have loved to do that. But I mean, I recently tried a case in Scott County that occurred in 2018 and it was an attempted murder case. And I tried it just two weeks ago in Scott County. So the same thing applies to protesters or whatever the charges are. Now, I, I did not do that, and I, and I purposely did not agree to dismiss all charges that were made, but you got to understand, most of the people, in fact, every single one of the people who were charged wanted to be charged, Bill, wanted to be charged, because the two people who, who organized this thing basically said on tape, I've got all this, if you want to be arrested, get over here on the left. If you don't want to be arrested, get on the right. Okay, so the people in this particular night of June 12th who wanted to be arrested broke through the barriers, and we have tapes of that. They walked in and they laid down peacefully right in front of the police door. And the other people who didn't want to be arrested, 30 or 40 of them, laid on the sidewalk outside. And they didn't get arrested. But the police came in and said, look, folks, you need to get out away from here. They, they had assaulted the police department before, not those people, but others. And broken windows in the, in the police door and set fire and stuck it under the door and the police said do not come in front of this door folks and it's bare it's walled off the people who did knew that they were going to be arrested they were peaceful we didn't hurt them the police didn't hurt them they treated them very nicely and all of them all of them pled guilty or and for time served or they got diversion now the ringleaders they didn't go inside the barrier do you intend to continue the prosecution well, yeah, I do. Everybody, it's all over except for two, two defendants. All right, you've uh, about 30 seconds left here. Okay. How are people receiving your campaign as you are out there uh, this time for re-election? Uh, a veteran of campaigns in Lexington. I'm getting tremendous thanks from people for doing this and standing up and defending our police department. I'm trying to save people's lives and be safe. And, and people want that in this community. I mean that. And I want that. But I want to be fair. To everybody, and everybody so far in this divert, in the in the protester case is being treated very fair. Larry Roberts, Fayette County Attorney, running for re-election on Tuesday. Thanks for being here. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Bill. Before that, uh, Angela Evans' his opponent was with us, and we'll be right back with a couple of highlights from the Lexington mayoral debate that we held this week. That in just a moment.
Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. Just ahead of the Kentucky May primary coming up on Tuesday, three candidates for Lexington mayor took part in a debate this week sponsored by WKYT, the League of Women Voters, and Transylvania University. Linda Gorton, Adrian Wallace, and David Kloiber took part in that forum. Crime was a major part of the discussion, and then the candidates had this to say at the end of the debate. Our city needs collaboration, and that means really reaching out for a give and a take. It means going out into the communities and talking with people and learning what it is that their lived experience has taught them because they're the experts of their own lives. Too often we see government officials sitting around making decisions that affect our lives without talking to us. How often have we interacted with our public officials in our everyday lives? We need to increase that because the give and take that's going to make this city better, the collaboration that we can all share, share in, it's going to take that effort, and it's going to take effort from the top down. As your mayor, I would be proud to go out into the community to reach out to each and every one of you to hear what your lived experience is, what you're the expert in, and see if together we can make this city a better place. Thank you, Senator Gordon. Thank you very much. If you follow my social media, you know I'm in the community every single day. I don't sit in my office waiting for the phone to ring, and I have conversations with people all over this community. During the pandemic, during the economic turmoil that we went through, during the racial justice challenges that we have had, I have formed powerful partnerships with healthcare, with business, all across our community. This is my MO, and those of you who know me know this. This is how I operate, is to talk with other people, find out what they're thinking, and you know, our folks here have great ideas, and they are the reason that we are able to come with creative solutions to problems. I will continue this and continue working because I love our city. And thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you. And candidate Wallace. Well, thank you again, Bill, League of Women Voters and Transy for tonight. Thank you all for attending and for those watching at home. Uh, as I said before, uh, I say time and time again, I, I don't believe we need any more politicians. We need true public servants, people who believe in building uh, community promoting economic growth and stability, and expanding educational opportunity. We have a housing crisis that's out of control. We have record homicides. We have a police department that's understaffed uh, and low morale. Uh, I have worked at not only with the NAACP, but also with the police department. And as I said before, I'm a bridge builder. Uh, I, after leaving the military, I've worked with various nonprofit organizations uh, focusing on these very issues, and I am uh, the leader that Lexington needs. Uh, I, as I've said before, this, this mayor has been running since 1998, and she served as, uh, uh, on the city council and now is mayor for four years. Uh, I don't know what another four years is going to do. We have uh, got to have a change downtown, and I humbly ask for your vote on May 17th. And we certainly hope you will join us for election night coverage Tuesday at 7 on the CW Lexington. That's Kentucky Newsmakers. Have a good week ahead.